0: Again, thank you for listening, and we're excited to see what is next in your life. Hallelujah. Amen. That's your name, God. Amen. You can take a seat for 30 seconds. (laughs) Just a few announcements. One, I want to remind you get some FCBC merch. I believe they marked down a 50% today. If in the balcony, there's an FCBC merchandise table outside the balcony. Also, those of you who signed up to volunteer to serve FCBC, many of you should have gotten calls this week, Uh, and you will get the calls definitely by Monday. But we want to let you know, if you're trying to find ways to be involved, to be engaged in FCBC, we have our all-in mixer. The All-in mixer is not just about baptism. It's about how you go all in at FCBC to be a part of this experience and live, love, serve. That next mixer is going to be Saturday, February 1st at 12 p.m. If you're interested in learning more about FCBC or opportunities where you can serve, that is February 1st at 12 p.m. Also, we are still looking for volunteers and donations for our annual Super Bowl party. We do an amazing thing during Super Bowl time. We not only come together as a family, but we also invite persons from local shelters to come and fellowship, and we often hand out gift bags to those who come. So we're looking for volunteers and food donations and travel-sized toiletries. All those donations we'll be collecting until then, and you can stop by the table in the lobby if you want to volunteer. We've never had a bad experience. It has always been amazing, and you all have made it amazing. Through your volunteering, and then we want to encourage the men. Now, let me tell you, brothers. And I know how we do. Last year, uh, when we went, it was the same thing. We got about 15 or 18 people registered already, but y'all wait to the last minute. We want to encourage you get on it. If you plan on going, register. I want to see as many men as possible. This trip to Montgomery will probably be. Uh, more transformative than our trip last year to Savannah, and so you'll see more about that in the weeks to come, but we encourage you to make sure, brothers, you register. The table will be out there. We had an amazing time on Monday. We had our men's iron sharpens iron uh, conversation series. It was amazing, and it was kind of a pop-up experience last minute, and we had about 50 men that come out that night, and we had an amazing uh, very transparent conversations that night, and we were all better for it. So look out for the next uh, conversation and talk next month in February, as well as our fellowship opportunity. Amen? Good. Come on. Let's stand. Before we move into the Word, we'd like to declare our statement of identity, our statement of purpose. And so if you're visiting here with us, you can declare these words with us today. And if you are a regular visitor, family member of FCBC, you know these words. So let's declare these words together. We are an ever evolving community of visionaries, dreamers, and doers. Called to live, commanded to love, and commissioned to serve. And if you cannot remember all that, we have three core values here. What are they? live love serve we are in our series this year be human is our movement the theme this year is it is bigger than you connecting to a source a power and a work that is bigger than you on first sunday we talked about courage last sunday we talked about self-doubt and this sunday i want to talk about sacrifice amen good good so if you would turn with me to the gospel of john If you have your app, or it'll be on the screen, John 6 chapter. John 6. Let me also thank those of you who uh, attended yesterday. I had the tremendous honor of preaching at B'nai Jeshurun synagogue yesterday. And we had an amazing, an amazing time there. And I know the second service today, some of the members of that congregation will be coming over here. And we're looking to really forge a meaningful partnership and relationship uh, with the synagogue and the family there. We had a great time, very welcoming, and and it was just awesome. I think it is hard to fully grasp the work of the carpenter of Jesus when you don't locate him in his Jewishness. And And so yesterday, if you were there, it was just a beautiful uh, worship experience yesterday. So I want to thank all of you who attended on yesterday. And we'll see more of that, too. They told me, they asked me on yesterday what I was doing next Saturday, but, you know, <laughs> um, but we had a good time. So John 6, 1 through 14. I'm going to read it quickly. It's rather long. After this, Jesus went to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, also called the Sea of Tiberias. A large crowd kept following him because they saw the signs that he was doing for the sick. Jesus went up the mountain and sat down there with his disciples. Now, the Passover, the festival of the Jews was near. When he looked up and saw a large crowd coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, where are we to buy bread for these people to eat? He said this to test him for he himself knew what he was going to do. Philip answered him, six months wages would not be buy enough bread for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there is a boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what are they among so many people? Jesus said, make the people sit down. Now, there was a great deal of grass in the place, so they sat down about 5,000 in all. Then Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated, so also the fish, as much as they wanted. When they were satisfied, he told his disciples, gather up the fragments left over so that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up, and from the fragments of the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten, they filled 12 baskets. When the people saw the sign that he had done, They began to say, this is indeed the prophet who is to come into this world. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's pray. God, we bless your name today and we honor you, O God, for this beautiful day. Beautiful, O God, because you made it and you gifted it to us, O God. Dear Lord, in this time that you've shaped for us, let, let our worship be for real. Let our praise be genuine. Open our hearts, O oh God, and then fill us up with your presence and your power so that we can run on a little bit longer, O oh God. God, we thank you and we honor you. In fact, O oh God, our perpetual posture is gratitude. Grateful, God, that you are still mindful of us. Grateful, God, that you still see us. Grateful, God, that you still hear us. Grateful. Grateful. Grateful, God, that you are God all by yourself. Now, O Lord, let the words that you declare in the collective meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Lord, you are our strength, our rock, and our redeemer. And we say, amen. Good. Remain standing. I want to lift verse 9 of chapter 6. And it says this, there's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they among so many people? Amen. Come on, put your hands together. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. as You take your seat. Amen. This scene is one of the stories that is recorded in all the Gospels. In fact, in one of the Gospels, there are two miraculous feedings, but this scene you find in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which would suggest not only its power, but uh, the writers wanted to make sure that this was a story that would not be forgotten, where Jesus was able, in some miraculous way, to feed the thousands of people who gathered there by the mountainside. One of the things that always stands out to me in all of the stories, all of the different versions in the Gospels is that Jesus is being followed by a large crowd. In fact, whenever you see this scene, you see that Jesus is being followed by a crowd and it says that many people followed because of what he had done. The signs they saw, those who were sick were being healed, lives were being transformed. And wherever he went, people gathered to see what God would do next through the carpenter from Galilee. But on this occasion, as the Passover drew near, it said in all the translations in some format that Jesus had some compassion when he saw the masses of people who had gathered to see and hear, see what God would do and hear the teachings that came from this rabbi. The people were convinced and convicted about his power and his position, and they gathered. But in that moment, Jesus showed compassion. He did something that I wish more of us would gravitate towards in our engagement with one another, to become passionate, compassionate at the heart of that word is the idea that one is willing to suffer with another human being that is what compassion really means it means that somehow you make up in your mind and really sacrifice as well you make up in your mind that you are going to step out of the narrow isolated uh, space that you've carved for yourself about yourself and only to yourself And begin to consider the needs of other people, but not consider the needs of others in some way that simply rouses your emotions, but in a way that connects you to those who are just like you, who may be struggling or suffering or going through something. And the heart of sacrifice is a spirit of compassion. A willingness to, again, step outside of the circle of your own circumference, dominated by your ego and your self-interest, and to consider that beyond you, there are other people in this world. And remembering always that it is truly bigger than you. I'm sure Jesus could have done and fulfilled the mission that God had called him to, and it would have been a great day for teaching. And in that moment, Jesus realized something. It is hard to communicate the depth of God to people whose stomachs are empty, you know there are people who love to quote scripture and who are well versed in doctrine, who understand the ways of scripture but it 's one thing to quote and it 's another thing to live it 's one thing to be familiar it 's another thing to live in faith through what you believe. I remember a long time ago, I heard someone say when I was in college, It said that for some people, you may be the only Bible someone will ever see. They may not read it, they may not quote it, but you somehow become the embodiment of God's possibility through the word. The word becomes flesh in you and through you. I want you to grasp that, that the word of God becomes flesh in you, dwells among people, so that people's encounter with God can happen in the encounter with you. And what will people say about God when they meet you? How will people think about God when they meet you? How will people gravitate towards God because they had a transformative encounter with you? Gandhi once said, for a hungry man, food is God. And there are many hungry people in this world today who in many ways, we love to think that we can pray them through. But when Jesus said, when people are hungry, you feed them. When they're thirsty, you give them something to drink. When they're naked, you clothe them. In other words, the ministry of Jesus was about the practical application of one's divine initiative and prerogative to make God visible for those who may not have had an encounter with God. So Jesus sees them. Instead of being focused on the message and the teaching, he realized that in that moment, feeding those who are hungry meant more than some grand teaching. I love the idea that there's a moment for Jesus where he wants to make the kingdom real and not just spoken. He wants to make it real in how he engages, how he works. And in that moment, Jesus then begins to have a conversation that for his disciples was problematic. The crowds are gathered, the people are there, Jesus is moved by compassion, and he wants to feed them. He raises the question, where are we going to get food? To feed all these people. Think about that. Where are we going to get food? This is a question Jesus raises. And then one of the disciples said, listen, if we had six months worth of money, it wouldn't be enough to feed these thousands of people who are gathered here today. Andrew, Peter's brother, comes with a solution, a possible solution. Seems real, but it's a solution. It doesn't seem like it will satisfy but it's an option. Oh, man, I I wish I could say this like I feel it today. It doesn't seem like a real solution, but it is a viable option if something special happens. I'm going to say that one more time. It doesn't seem like a solution, but it is a viable option if something special happens. Oh, gosh, there are moments in your life when there are things that present themselves opportunities, and sometimes opportunities are shrouded in obstacles, And in the midst of that, we look for resolution to the obstacles we see. And sometimes you don't always see a resolution. You see a possibility, a possibility of what could happen, what might happen. And in many cases, if something special happened. Andrew says, well, there's a little boy here. And this little boy has five barley loaves and two pieces of fish. And I imagine in Andrew's mind, this was an option, but not a solution. Because five loaves and two fish would not be enough to satisfy the thousand. So he thought, an option but not a solution. In order for the option to become a solution, something special had to happen. I'm going to keep saying that. In order for the option to become a solution, something special had to happen. Now I know what you're thinking. Something special is what Jesus does. The multiplication of the bread and the fish. But that ain't the special thing that has to happen first. There has to be a surrender, a sacrifice. That's what's special. I don't know how this little boy got there. I don't even know where he was going. But I know his agenda that day wasn't to give up the meal he had. Maybe he was on his way home. Maybe he was taking food back to his house. Maybe his mother had sent him on some errand to go retrieve food for the family. But in the midst of it, he finds himself caught up in the midst of the crowd there on the mountainside. And Jesus is beginning to teach, but he decides to feed everybody. And I imagine little boy probably said, I can go now. I got food. I can go home. I don't need to stick around here. But somehow Andrew sees an option in the little boy. And it takes the boy's willingness to surrender what he had, to sacrifice. I hope you get this today. That was what was special, not what Jesus did. It was the boy's action, giving up what he had, not knowing what would happen, but for the possibility of what could happen. Oh, man, I wish you could get that today. Not knowing what would happen, but for the possibility of what might happen. Oh, there have been times in our lives we have gravitated not to definite outcomes, but for grand possibilities. There have been moments in your life where you did not know what would happen or what would be next or what would come next. But just the idea that something profound could happen through you was enough to activate your faith and your belief and trust God. I know I'm talking to somebody in here today. You don't always have guarantees in this journey. You don't always have definitives, but sometimes you got to move on a possibility, push on a possibility, hope in the possibility that God thing, powerful in our lives. That is what it really took. People, thousands, blessed by the willingness of one boy I love the writer because he doesn't say it's a grown man. It's an adult. It's a child. A child. A child gives up what may have been a feast for his family. You have to know that in Jesus' region, people were extremely impoverished. And malnutrition was real. To be able to eat was a luxury in many ways. Most people did not get more than 600 calories a day, they estimate. That's why people died from starvation. That makes this boy's action even more profound. Five loaves, two fish. May have been enough to keep his family for a couple of days. But this little boy sacrifices the intention of his obligation and surrenders what he has for a possibility of what might happen. Oh, I hope you can get this today. He feels compelled to give it up and see what might happen. I don't want to believe that they took it because it would mean a different story and sermon altogether. But he was present with his possibility. Oh God, you got to get that. Sometimes your possibility can be transformed when you're present with your possibility. Oh man, you, 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 that means that sometimes you come before God with what you have, and you may make the assessment what I have may not be enough, but somehow, in the presence of God, what you have can something profound can come of it if you're willing to do what? Surrender it. Oh my gosh, what am I saying? Selfishness is destructive. There are countless people in this world who are overtaken by selfishness, selfish people, and selfish attitudes that are often accompanied by greed. In this country, we waste more than we could ever imagine. There are people whose whole years can be supplied with food just on what we waste alone. Oftentimes, it's because of our greed and because of an abundance when there are so many who are in need, and we have the ability to do it. It's bigger than you, but what it will take is your sacrifice. Martin Luther King's holiday is tomorrow. Dr. King said something one time. He said, life's most persistent and urgent question is what are you doing for others? What are you doing for others? Don't you know it is a luxury to put yourself first? but it's an honor to put the interests of others before yours. It is an honor and a privilege to be able to think about somebody else, to have concern for somebody else, to be kind to somebody else, to show yourself to somebody else, to give of yourself to somebody else. Jesus meets them with compassion. They see an option. And the boy's surrender brings about a new possibility. And then look at the rest of the story. Jesus says, tell everybody to sit down. I like this part. I really am tempted to really get excited right now. But but look at what happened. Jesus said, tell everybody to sit down. Now, I know as he gives a direction to the disciples, they have to be thinking, this man is crazy. Tell everybody to sit down. For what, Jesus? We're going to feed them. Feed who? All these people, we got five loaves of bread and two fish. And there are thousands here. Why are we going to taunt them with this? Why tease them with what might happen? But no, Jesus does something. And it becomes the symbol and the structure for God's multiplication. I hope you can get this. Watch this. He blessed it. He broke it, and he shared it. Oh, God. That's the formula. It's simple. Blessed it, broke it, shared it. You you understand that? Grateful for just what was given. Five loaves, two fish, but I thought we had nothing. Grateful for what was provided in that moment. Blessed. For what was provided. I hope somebody here can understand that. There's so much that we think we have to wait to be grateful for, but when's the last time you were just grateful for what God provided today, (laughs) for how God has made provision today? I knew some folks to say, if if God never does another thing, he's already done enough today. When's the last time you woke up with a spirit of gratitude that was infectious? God, I thank you for allowing me to live. God, I thank you for allowing me to see another day. God, I'm grateful that you are mindful of me. God, I'm grateful that you still think about me. God, I'm grateful that you still see me. Let gratitude be your disposition that rises with you every morning. Bless what you have. It might not look like much, but be grateful for what you have. There's somebody who doesn't have even what you have. Be thankful that God has made provision in your life. Was the last time you lost your mind in gratitude, in thanksgiving unto God? Jesus blessed it, and then he broke it. Oh, gosh. It was amazing. Yesterday at the synagogue, after service, we had fellowship. And I got to tell you, um, I almost got converted yesterday <laughs> for one reason. I like these worship services, and I, I'm starting to like the fellowships even more. Because after the fellowship, they had, you know, food <laughs> and apple juice. But then the rabbi said, Pastor, you want some whiskey? They had little shot glasses of whiskey and bourbon. I was like, wait a minute. That's a whole different spirit that just. But it was amazing because the rabbi, before anybody ate, he prayed and then he broke the bread. And then started distributing the pieces to those who were around. He prayed and then he broke it. And somehow, in the praying and the breaking, something happened on that mountainside. Y'all missed that. In the praying and the breaking, God's economy came into play. And somehow, as they distributed, there was more to be had. You're going to get that. The more they gave, the more they had. Oh, God. The more they gave, the more they had. Grandmama said you can't beat God's giving no matter how hard you try the more you give More it comes back to you Oh God, can I just add this caveat for somebody here today? Who doesn't think that things are about to change in your life? And you don't see how God is about to show you what abundance looks like and you're about to see the multiplication of possibility and opportunity and outcome, you've been struggling a long time, but you've been praying too. You've been praying and struggling, struggling and praying, waiting for God to do something. You've been praying and struggling, struggling and praying. And it seems like with the prayers has become more struggle, more hardship. You missed it. The formula is prayer plus breaking. You missed that. That somehow in your breaking moment, God's about to increase in your life in such a way that you will behold the economy of God in your very life. Oh, God, I love when God takes me from nothing to leftovers. Oh, my God, I I love it when they started with nothing. And the more they broke, the more they gave. The more they gave, the more they had. The more they sacrificed, the more they had. The boy surrendered, sacrificed, and the people were blessed because of what God had done through Jesus. And it said everybody, and I'm done y'all, I'm gonna let y'all go. Here's the part, eight until they were satisfied. Oh my God. There was no rationing. Eat until you're content. And it started with something special. Boys sacrifice. Selfishness can be destructive, but sacrifice, can be life-giving. When you've been blessed by God, no one ought to beg you to share. When, When you've seen God supply your every need, why wouldn't you want to be used by God to be a blessing for someone else? Selfishness is like toxin and poison. Yes. And When you start thinking the only person you live for is you, you live a short small life. Not short in terms of length but short in terms of possibility. But when you step outside of yourself and expand yourself you see that you'll always experience the provision of God. It's like Jesus with the disciples in that woman, the widow, who threw her last into the offering plate. And Jesus said she gave more than anybody. Well, much, but here it is. It was what she had. A whole lot of us grew up in homes where we didn't have much. But Grandma knew how to stretch a few things. <laughs> you grew up in one of those houses where you barely had for you, but the door was always open for somebody else. And guess what? You never went hungry. And some of us in here, somebody had to tell you you were poor because you never felt impoverished because you knew what it was to have your needs supplied. Trust God. Don't be selfish. Be selfless. Honor God with your generosity because it is bigger then you. Someone will see God when they see you. Amen. Someone will be a benefactor of God because of your generosity and your selflessness. That's what this season is about, this year is about. If we're going to change the world, selfish people don't resurrect hope. But It's people who lead with generosity and sacrifice and great things begin to happen come on stand on your feet today Yes, God. Do something today i want us to come to pray but when you come and those who feel led to come i want you to come with someone else on your mind do not come today for you intercede today in prayer for somebody or somebody you know is struggling somebody you know who's going through don't come today with a selfish prayer but come with a prayer of sacrifice and surrender to someone you know may be having a difficult time even right now So we offer the opportunity to come and intercede for somebody today. Pray for somebody. We have the pastors here. We'll pray with you if you want special prayer. But, But I want you to intercede. And again, not for you, for somebody else today. We all know somebody who's going through in this season. Someone who's sick, someone who's mourning, someone who's grieving. I want you to lift them up today. Even in the balcony, I want you to think about somebody right now who you know. You got a call last night from somebody who's having a tough time. You thought you were coming to service today for you. You came for them today. You know somebody in your family right now who's struggling and having a rough moment. Someone who's in the hospital. Some friend who's dealing with an unexpected death. I want you to intercede on today. And when you come, just join hands with the person who's next to you. Yes, God. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Come on, I want you to pray for those who you come for today. Just open your mouth and pray for them right now. Just pray for them right now. Lift your voice to them right now. Speak words into their life right now. Come on, just open your mouth and pray, pray. My territory. Come on, broaden yourself. Intercede even right now. Lift their name up, lift their name up, lift their name up right now. Speak peace, speak power. Speak calm, speak joy. Come on, lift their name, lift their name, lift their name. Yes, God. In-law. Yeah. Come on, come on, lift them. Come on, lift somebody else up, you know. Lift somebody else up. Don't stop interceding, even right now. Stretch us, God. Stretch us, God. Stretch us, God. God, we bless your name right now. We come now, oh God, standing in a gap for some friend, some loved one. We come now, oh God, interceding. We do not come selfishly, oh God. We come now lifting someone else, oh God, who we know is standing in the need of prayer. God, heal and deliver. God, touch and set free. God awaken, oh God, and enliven. God work in their lives even right now. Bind anything, oh God, that is working against them or seeking to undermine them. Bind all negativity, oh God, and negative attitudes and negative dispositions God speak peace into their lives for those who are grieving oh God let them know that you can turn mourning into dancing for those who are wounded oh God let them know that you can reconcile their wounds oh God we lift them up right now God do whatever you need to do with them through them in them to get the glory out of them, oh God. We love you, God. We thank you, God, for the gift of generosity. We thank you, God, that we're able to step step out of our self-interest and have compassion, oh God. We thank you, God, for how you've been moving in our lives. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, reminding us that the world will be transformed one selfless act at a time we will change this world and we will begin it oh God with our surrender and our sacrifice we love you Lord we honor you God and it's in your name we pray we say amen amen Amen. Hey man, come on, get somebody a hug, tell me you love them. all stand don't forget brothers register for our men's retreat and don't forget we need volunteers to serve on our Super Bowl Sunday sacrifice if you're interested in serving and giving of your time and your talents February 1st at 12 p.m. we want to see you that are all in mixer and as you depart today remember that the special thing that may be needed from you to bring about someone else's breakthrough just may be your sacrifice your willingness to surrender and trust me when you give you will not be in the state of lack because God's economy says In the sharing is the growing and the transformation. Come on, let's join hands. Now unto you, O God, who's able to keep us from falling and present us in your presence. May you continue to remind us, O God, that multiplication in your economy takes place in the praying and the breaking and great things begin to happen from now until we meet again on the other side where the sun neither rises nor sets because the sun is jesus the christ the light of the world and it's in your name O god we pray and we say amen amen god bless you give somebody a hug tell me you love them have a wonderful day support us financially that we may continue to offer these podcasts thank you again and we look forward to you tuning back in in the future